Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thank you so much. I want to ask a question today. I want to pose this question. I don't know if we have it in the back that we can put up or not. But I want you, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Even if you have it in your phone, open up notes in your phone. I want you to write down this question. And I think it's a question that uh, many of us have asked ourselves before. And maybe some of us are asking ourselves today this question. And it's the question that I want us to look at today. What do we do when it feels like God doesn't hear our prayers? What do we do when it feels like God doesn't hear our prayers? Has anybody ever felt that way before? Of course. Yeah, I, I remember being in those, in those places and being in the, one of the hardest, most difficult time of my life and wondering if God heard me. Maybe some of you are in that place today. Maybe you're in a place where you've been asking God to intervene. You've been asking God to respond. You've been asking God to move or even asking him why something is the way it is now, and yet you don't have the answer you're looking for. And maybe you're wondering, what am I supposed to do because it feels like God doesn't hear my prayer? I know we've all been there before. In difficult moments of life, crying out to God, asking Him to answer, feeling like it hits the ceiling and bounces right back. What are we supposed to do? How many of you know that um, we're not alone in that experience? All of us have experienced that before at one point of our lives or another. And if you haven't experienced that, get ready. You just haven't lived long enough to experience a season in your life where you feel like your, your prayers are not being, not only are they not being answered, they are not being heard. It feels that way. Well, how many of you know not only do we have personal shared experience in that, but we also have the word of God that reveals that same experience? why I love the Word of God, because you have never walked through something that you can't find encouragement in the Word of God for. It just so happens that we happen to read a book this week addressing this issue head on, asking this question, what am I supposed to do when it feels like I pray and I feel like God doesn't hear me? This book that we read through today, or this week actually, is the book of Habakkuk. How many of you knew how to pronounce that book title before I just said it right now? Habakkuk. Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk. And now I've never tried to preach an entire book before on a Sunday, but guess what? Today's the day. Today's the day we're going to walk through the book of Habakkuk. Don't worry, it's only three chapters long. Some of you are like, thank the Lord. He's not, he's not trying to do that with a chapter, a 20 chapter book. Just three chapters, but we're going to look through it today. And the book of Habakkuk is, a, is different than some of the other prophets that we've read through previously through the Old Testament. Because Habakkuk is not addressing the sin of Israel like Jeremiah did. He's not calling them to repentance like Isaiah did. In fact, he's chronicling uh, a, almost like a dialogue between him and the Lord. How many of you read the book of Habakkuk this week? If you didn't, get on it. It's only three chapters. But in it, it's a, an oracle that he begins to write a conversation between him 
and the Lord. And he's, and he's asking the question, and, and he's going to find the answer that we're also asking today. What, do I, what am I supposed to do when it feels like my prayers are not being heard by God? We're going to dive into that today. Before we begin to read, would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Not only do we thank you for your word, we thank you for your spirit that's here with us right now. That God, you couple these things together. You give us your tangible word and you allow us to feel your presence. And we ask God that your presence would open our heart to receive what you want to speak to us today. God, maybe it's for the first time that we've looked at your scripture. Or maybe we've looked at it a hundred times, but God, you can reveal something new to us today. Open our hearts, Lord, and help me to to preach the word that you've given. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1. Verse 1 says that he has an oracle from the Lord. And let's begin to read in verse 2. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? Anybody been there? And you will not hear. Or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Has anybody prayed that kind of prayer before? I'm crying for help, and it's, it feels like you don't hear me. I'm, experience, I'm experiencing and witnessing violence, not only in my life, but in our streets, and it seems like you're not here to save. Habakkuk lived during this fi the final years of the kingdom of Judah, when they're, they're about to be invaded by the nation of Babylon. He's already seen his cousins to the north, the kingdom of Israel, carried away into captivity by the Assyrians. And he's witnessing in his own streets injustice, idolatry, hatred for, the, for self and for your neighbor, wickedness running rampant, and he sees the impending doom on the horizon, and he's crying out to God, will you do something? And it appears by how he opens up this dialogue with the Lord that he's been crying out for some time. Because if you cry out once or twice, you don't say, how long do I, unless you're a five-year-old like my son, you know, who asks, can I have some milk? And then if I don't give it to him right away, he's like, I said milk, how long do I have to wait? But Habakkuk's been crying out to the Lord for some time, and yet he's not received an answer. But in the book, he chronicles this conversation, and he finally receives a response from the Lord. He sees all this mess around him, these horrible things happening to and through the people who are supposed to be God's people. And he wants God to do something. Anybody want God to do something today in your life? And then finally he receives a response from God in verse 5. And this is essentially paraphrasing what God says to Habakkuk. He says, I see the injustice. I see the idolatry. I see the lack of love for neighbor and the abuse of those who can't do anything about it. I see the corruption in leadership who are oppressing the people. But don't worry, I have a plan. I'm bringing 
a nation called Babylon to come and execute judgment on the people. I'm going to do something about this injustice. I'm bringing an invading army to come and take them into captivity. As I spoke in Exodus through my prophet Moses, that if they would turn from, if these people, my people, turned from me, did wicked and, and wicked things and didn't listen to my voice, then one day I would bring somebody to conquer them and carry them away from the land. I'm going to do that. He says, I'm bringing the Chaldeans, another name for Babylonians. And God says, yes, I see the injustice. I see the corruption. I see the sin. And they're going to be carried away. And Habakkuk's response, perhaps many, uh, like many of our responses, is, What? He essentially says, that's not what I'm asking for. God, I want you to do something, but don't do that. God, you need to respond. Okay, I don't like that response, is what he tells the Lord. He says, God, you're going to use these people, these Chaldeans, these wicked people who are worse than we are, to come and punish us for our own sin? How does that make sense? He's like, what are you doing? In essence, Habakkuk is saying to God, I was calling out for you to intervene and to draw the hearts of the people back to you, and you're saying you're going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better. God, save us, re redeem us, set us free. God says, I will, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we say, nope, never mind. We don't want it like that. I can hear the heart of Habakkuk in his response to God because I felt like I've been in the same place before. Maybe you've prayed prayers like this before. God, draw me closer to you. God, remove this sin out of my life. And we say things like, whatever it takes, get this out of me. Whatever it takes, change my heart. Whatever it takes, God, set me free. And we say it so nonchalantly. Whatever it takes. And then God said, it's going to take this. And we say, nope. Anything but that thing. There's a song by Maverick City, and there's a, there's a TikTok going around right now. And it says, I want to be tried by fire. Purified. Right? Whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. And it shows this lady singing it, and then all of a sudden she's like, Tried by fire, hold up, purify, hold, whoop, hold up. Not, I don't want to be tried by fire. I want to be purified, but not by fire. I want what you desire, but I don't want to give my life. Right? And there's this tension between what we want God to do in us and what he wants to do through us. And we say, I don't know if it's worth it. I had to sing that part because my wife asked me, would you sing during your sermon? Because... She's been listening to some pastors who do that. She's like, you should do that too. And I said, people don't want to hear that. <laughs> so that was just for you, babe. But I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I've had those moments. We want God to do something in us, but we don't want it the way he wants to do it through us. I'm going to say that again so you can write that down. We want God to do something in us, but we don't want it the way he wants to do it through us. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows us better. 
He knows what it's going to take to truly set us free from something or to grow us up in something. And it often comes by the way of something we would never choose for ourselves. Some of you know that I've uh, been seeking outside help to help me get healthy because for years I thought I could do it on my own and would stop when I would plateau or when I would feel comfortable in my skin again. And I didn't have somebody behind me pushing me to say, keep going, go a little further. Hey, don't eat that. You missed, a, you missed a workout. And I needed something. I needed somebody outside of me to tell me, you got to go further. Sometimes we ask the Lord, God, do something in me. He says, okay, but you're going to have to go around this way. And we say, mm, give me a shortcut. And it, it's a challenge because he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows there's some things we're just going to have to go through to get to where he wants to take us because he knows if we had a shortcut, we wouldn't take it because it wouldn't actually do what, he, we, what we need to be done in our lives. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of us who have come through it, looking back, I know some of you who've gone through some hard things. I know some of you have experienced some hardships, but you're in a different place with the Lord now than you were before that hardship. You're in a different place now, a place of maturity, a, a place where you, are, you know the intimate love of God deeper than you had before this. And looking back, you can say, that was hard and difficult, but if I had to go through it again to get to a deeper place of intimacy with the Lord, I would do it again. Because I know Him deeper now. I know His mercy and grace more fully now. I've experienced His love more intimately now than I did before things on that other side. But if we knew I had to go through this to experience the freedom I experience now, some of us would say it's difficult this side of it until we fully have experienced the freedom on the other side of it. I would tell you this morning with some things that I've walked through that it is worth it because I'm free. I'm closer to the Lord. And he's still refining me. It's worth it. It's worth the pain you walk through it because you're different and you're better on the other side of it. And this is what I want us to see God's response in Habakkuk chapter 2 because it says it all. And I have the whiteboard here because I wanted to outline the book to you just, just to show you how I outline the chapter. Because we've already talked about Habakkuk's complain of the evil that goes unpunished and that the fact that there's no justice and God says, don't worry, I'm bringing judgment by the nation of Babylon. And Habakkuk's second response is, they're worse than we are. <laughs> and then God has this tremendous response in chapter 2, 2 through 5. And he says this, the Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits at appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. And if it seems slow, wait for it. 
It will surely come. It will not delay. What I want you to hang on to this morning is that phrase, if it seems slow, wait for it. I was thinking about this back in, back in my heyday when I played baseball, and my heyday was between ages 10 to 12. Uh, I was a pitcher, and I had only two pitches, a fastball and a changeup. The fastball really wasn't that fast, but the changeup was extra slow. And I, was, I did fairly well against other teams. But what makes the changeup effective as a pitch is that people are expecting the fastball, expecting the fastball. You throw that several times. And then you throw in a changeup, and they don't know how to wait for it, so you get them swinging. Joseph, you know what I'm talking about. In our culture, we're so fast-paced that sometimes God throws us a change-up, and we're wanting something now. We're wanting something immediate. We want, we're wanting deliverance now. We want freedom now. We want a response from God now. And it seems like his response is slow. But his word for us is, if it seems slow, wait for it. This is what they would tell the, the batters at the plate. If all they're throwing is fastballs and change-up, if it seems slow, this is great advice. Wait for it. This is what the Lord is saying to us today. God is saying, I have, a, I have an appointed time for something to be done in your life. And if I said it's going to happen, it's going to happen because God's not a liar. In fact, he's not a man that he should lie. He cannot lie. Only truth comes out of his mouth. And if he says it's going to be done, it will be done. So his advice to us today is, if it seems slow, wait for it. Wait for it. This is what God is speaking to us today. This is, the, this is the vision that he had for Habakkuk. Habakkuk's going through it. The nation's being carried off. He says, there's a vision of, of coming of the appointed time where I'm sending one, a deliverer, a redeemer. And he's talking about Jesus, the righteous seed of David who would come to make all things right again. And God is speaking to Habakkuk especially in the middle of all of this. And he says, wait for it. And in verse 4, he says, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. So the question we have to ask ourselves then is, what is faith? What does it mean to wait? How can we wait on something that we're asking the Lord to do? How do we wait when we're asking God and it feels like our prayers are not being answered? It feels like he can't hear them. They're not getting to him. And his response to us is to have faith and wait. What does it mean to have faith? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this in the King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Other, other translations say the assurance. It is the assurance of things hoped for. I love how the New Living Translation puts it. Faith shows the reality of things that we have hoped for. Meaning that if we believe God is going to deliver, that God is going to respond, that God will see us through it, 
our faith should demonstrate it as a part of our reality, even now, as you're asking for it. And he says, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith is believing God's word as seeing you through it, even though you've not completely got through it yet. In essence, faith is an outward expression of what we believe about God and his word. Faith is living like you trust God no matter what you're facing. My bills aren't paid. I'm doing everything I can. I'm going to trust God in the middle because he said he's my provider. Uh, I'm having difficult times. I'm, I feel like I'm alone in what I'm walking through, but yet I have faith because Jesus said he would never leave me or forsake me. So I live with that kind of confidence, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes. We are so governed by our feelings, so much so that we allow them to dictate how we live. And really what we need to be doing is believing with our hearts what the Word of God says and allowing our faith to dictate how we live. Faith is living like you trust God no matter what you're facing. I want to let, let you know that faith doesn't deny the facts. But faith says I trust God through it. Perhaps, perhaps even despite the facts. I trust him. The Bible says that Abraham, the father of the promise, believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So what do we do when it feels like God doesn't hear our prayers? If you're taking notes, write this down. Have faith in him and wait. Now that's easier said than done, obviously. Right, I can tell you up here, hey guys, you're struggling? Have faith in him and wait. <laughs> Hold on, just... Yeah, I didn't hear anybody shouting right there. Right? This might not be a shouting message for you. When someone tells you to have faith and wait in the Lord when you're in the middle of something, that's, that's hard. But that's what the Word tells us to do. We would much rather have someone say, come up to us and say, it's going to be done, and it's already done, and you're going to walk in promise. Right? It's a lot easier. That makes us happy. That makes us joyful. It gives us... Whoo, whoo, I like that. It's much more difficult when you hear the Lord say, I see what you're going through. I hear you. Do you have faith in me? And are you willing to wait? If it seems slow, wait for it. Uh, I heard Dave Ramsey say the f his favorite book of all time. You guys know who Dave Ramsey is? He's at Financial Peace University. He said his favorite book of all time and someone said, the Bible. He said, no, the tortoise and the hare. It's his favorite book of all time. Because he says, every time I open it and I get to the end, the, the tortoise always wins. He always wins. The slow and steady wins the race. If it seems slow, wait for it. That is the most powerful word that I can give to you today, church. It's not that it's going to be immediate. But it's coming. 
What is faith? But believing our God is coming. Believing that he is who he says he is. He is a deliverer. He is a redeemer. He is the one who breaks our chains. He is the one who sets us free. So if it seems slow, he doesn't say if it seems slow, it's never coming. He says if it seems slow, wait for it. Wait for it. Because he's coming. His response is coming. His freedom is coming. His healing is coming. He tells to Habakkuk, deliverance is coming. And he tells it to Habakkuk. And Habakkuk doesn't see it in his lifetime. His children don't see it. His grandchildren don't see it. His great-grandchildren don't see it. And yet he tells him. Don't worry, it's coming. Don't worry, it's coming. Deliverance is coming. That's the word he gave to Habakkuk. Then he gives five woes to cha- in chapter six or chapter two, verses six through twenty, and God is declaring to Habakkuk that the very people who are bringing judgment on him will also be judged. That their kingdom will come to an end. Verse twenty says, "Because the God of the heaven is still in His holy temple." He's still on the throne. He's reminding us that no matter what we face, God is still over it all. The Christian word we use called sovereign. He's still over it. He's still in control. Even though what we're going through doesn't seem like there's any control at all. He's still in control. And he's still bringing hope. And he's still saying, if it seems slow to you, wait for it. Then he tells Habakkuk that thing that tried to destroy you, it will itself be destroyed. And this is a, something I want you to hang on to. Whatever you think is coming against you that wants to destroy you, the Lord says its time is up. It will be destroyed. It's not going to rule forever in your life. It's not going to have authority in your life forever. It's going to have an end, and I'm bringing an end to it. Don't worry. Keep asking, keep praying, keep seeking, have faith in me, and wait for me. Wait for me. And Habakkuk's response to God's word is with a prayer. And in the last part of Habakkuk's prayer found in chapter 3, the last portion I want to focus on is chapter 17 through 19. uh, verse, Verse 17, thank you. Thank you for those who sit on the front row, help me out. Found in chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Paraphrasing verse 17, Habakkuk is, is basically saying this, that even though it appears that there's no fruit in this season of hardship, anybody have that experience? Though the fig tree should not blossom or the fruit be on the vine, the produce of the olive, the produce of the olive uh, fail and the fields yield no fruit. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. He's saying, I'm in a season right now that seems fruitless. I'm going through something that seems like there is no purpose in it. I'm walking through something that I feel like, God, what is the benefit of this for me or for anybody else? I don't see how you're going to turn this around for my good. I know your word says that you cause everything to be, you work it all for the good of those who are called according to your purposes, but this thing that I'm going through, I don't see any good in this. 
Even though he says there's no fruit, it appears there's no fruit in this season of hardship. This is what he says in verse 18. Ooh, yet. Ooh. Mm. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'm sorry, I'm going to give you another chance to respond with praise. Let me say it again. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. There you go. He said, okay, God, I'm asking you to respond. It feels like you're not hearing my prayers. And then we, this is what you need to do when you're praying for something and you feel like God's not answering. Open the book of Habakkuk and read chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. That's God's response to you when you're praying and you feel like he's not hearing you. What does he say? If it seems slow, wait for it. That's God speaking to us through his word. You want, a, you want a prophetic word today? Here it is. If it seems slow, wait for it. And then Habakkuk says, okay, God, I'll wait. But it feels like this is fruitless. It feels like I'm gaining nothing in this season. It feels like this time of dryness, I, I see no benefit. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Amen. The Lord is my strength. Mm. This is probably one of the most difficult things to do when you're facing hardships. But I want you to hear the, the heart of Habakkuk. I want you to understand the season that he's in. Literally, an invading army is outside their city gates. People are starving. His people who should be loving each other are killing each other. They're running around, committing all kinds of acts of sin and hatred towards one another. There's injustice, crime in the streets, running rampant. He's crying out to God. And he says, I don't feel like there's anything of benefit here. And yet he says, I will rejoice in the Lord, and the joy of the Lord will be my strength. This is what faith looks like. It's easy to be joyful when you feel like being joyful. It's easy to be happy when good things are happening around you. It's difficult when we're asking God to do something. He tells us to wait, and we say, oh, yeah. I love waiting. I'm the best waiter there is. That's the best response you could have given me, God. Ooh, I was hoping you would say wait. And yet we hear Habakkuk say, okay, I'll wait. And in the waiting, I'm going to rejoice. In this time of waiting, the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. I don't see it yet, but I've got joy. Because he said it's coming. I don't experience it yet, but I've got joy. Because he said he's on his way. I, I, I'm not, I don't feel deliverance yet, but I've got joy. Because the God of my salvation said, I'm on my way. Will you wait for it? Come on. This is, look, I don't, you might not believe this, but this is the me best message I've ever preached. Because it's so profound. This is not what we hear sometimes in the church. Sometimes we just want to hear, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Go for it. You got it. You got it. Let's go. Everything's good. good. The answer's come tomorrow. When you're going you're gonna to wake up, you're going to feel great. 
But what if you don't? But what if you don't? I'm going to wait for it. And in my waiting, I'm going to keep praising. In my waiting, I'm going to keep dancing. I'm going to keep loving on the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. What do we do when it feels like God doesn't hear our prayers? Have faith in Him and wait. Why? Because He does hear you. He does hear you. What does that look like? It looked like Habakkuk's prayer. Even if I don't feel like there's fruit, I'm not getting the, what I want in this season, I'll wait and I'll rejoice in the Lord. Even if I don't get the outcome I'm looking for, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. What if what you're asking for, God doesn't do? Is he no longer worthy? He's worthy. Even if everything I'm walking through seems pointless, I'm going to hold on to Jesus. That's the second thing I want you to write down. Even if everything I'm walking through seems fruitless in this season, I'll hold on to Jesus. I'll hold on to Jesus. But hold, hold on to Jesus. And, I, and I've heard people preach this before. It's when, when Jacob wrestles with God. And they say, you know, Jacob holds him and says, I'm not letting go of you till you bless me. And I've heard people say, hang on to Jesus till he blesses you. But what if I just hang on to Jesus because I want Jesus? What if I don't want other things? I just want him. I don't hang on to Jesus because I think he's going to give me something I'm asking for. I hang on to him because he's all I need. So even if it seems fruitless, I hang on to Jesus. Even if I don't get what I'm asking for, I hang on to Jesus. Even if the outcome I'm seeking is not what I experience, I hold on to Jesus. Because he's better. He's better. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that he's good. So if you hang on to him, good things are going to be poured out into your life. But don't seek him for the good things. Seek him for him. Could you imagine being in a relationship with your spouse and you're like, I'm only with you because of the things you do for me. Hello. That's not good. I'm with you. Because you're a good cook, but the moment you burn something, I'm going to rethink about my priorities here. I'm with you because you do the laundry and you put it away. But if you don't, it's horrible. No. First of all, if you can find somebody who does laundry and put it away, that's, that's a blessing from the Lord. Because that's the hardest thing. That's, a hard, that's hard. Especially if you've got kids. That's a lot. Come on. Don't, I'm not talking, I don't want to talk about marriage, but this is the fact that we're, you're not with your spouse because of what they can do for you. You're with them because God brought you together to love 
to cherish, to honor. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you. But we don't seek Jesus for what he can give us. And if we've ever said that out of our mouths, please forgive us, Lord. And teach us to love you for who you are. Because you love us for who we are. He loves you. He loves you. So I want to hold on to Jesus because he's everything we need. I'm going to close right now. Friends, I'll have the worship team come. Have faith and wait. Have faith and wait. What does it mean when we say the joy of the Lord is our strength? It's something that cannot be explained with words. It can only be explained through experience. What does it mean? To say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can't explain it to you, but I want you to learn what it means for yourself. When you're walking through the hard stuff, when you're going through it and you're asking God to do something in you and it's not here yet, teach yourself, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. It doesn't mean you're giddy. It doesn't mean you're just walking around bubbly all the time. It means there's strength. There's a foundation of strength in your life that no matter what comes against you, the joy of the Lord is your anchor of hope. Because the word says, he's coming. He's coming. God hears you. God's timing is perfect. And he knows what he's doing. So trust him. Trust in Jesus and hold on to him. Amen. 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 Come on, would you give the Lord some praise this morning? With every head bowed and every eye closed as we draw our time to a close. Thank you, Jesus. God, we want to hold on to you. We want to hold on to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray for two things today. The first one is if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus... If you don't know him, and you're trying to walk this life on your own, you've not given your life to him, it's hard to hold on to him when you don't know him. But he calls you today to know him. He's saying to you today, come know me. Know that I'm good. Know that I love you. Know that I'm your deliverer. I'm the one who can bring healing to you. 
I'm the one who can give you hope in a hopeless situation. I hear you. I see you. And I've loved you. But now I want you to draw close to me. I want you to give you my, I want you to give your heart to me. So this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you've never committed your heart to a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to pray for you this morning. And you can let me know to pray for you by just slipping up your hand. I'm going to count to three and at that time, allow the Holy Spirit to draw your heart feel the tugging of your heart and you feel something moving in you. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. So I'm going to count of three. I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. One. Holy Spirit, right now, touching your heart. Two. Let me speak to you. Three, right now. Would you raise your hand? place you want to give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. Those of you who are online right now, I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you who are online right now, you can comment in the comment section. I want Jesus. We'll pray for you. If you're here in person, would you stand to your feet? Come. Would you come forward? Can I have a few ladies on our prayer team come forward? We're going to pray together. Would you stretch your hands forward to Lizzie? She's committing her heart and her life to Jesus. these words after me. And church, would you help her and pray these words too? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. I turn from it now. And I turn to you. And I trust you to set me free. And I trust you to make me new. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Give me a new life in you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. I'll live for you every day of my life. Help me, Holy Spirit, to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, would you celebrate? Come on, would you do better than that? Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. He's faithful. God's doing a new thing in us. God's doing a new thing in us. Church, would you stand to your feet? And I want to... I want to pray for us.
see, Jesus is the one who increases our faith. So we ask him to increase our faith. And some of us are needing, needing help, just like the man who brought his son to Jesus in, Mark, in Mark's gospel. He says, I asked your disciples to pray for my son for deliverance, and they weren't doing it. They couldn't get it done, and Jesus said, I can do it. He says, I, I believe you can, but help my unbelief. I'm still struggling with some things. I'm struggling to believe. I believe, but help my unbelief. And maybe some of you right now are in that spot where you're saying, God, I believe you can do anything. I believe that all things are possible with you, Jesus. But I'm struggling right now to hang on to that belief. I'm struggling. Increase my faith. This is our prayer. Help me to have faith in you and hold on. Help me to wait. Help me to wait. If that's you this morning, would you just come forward right now? Let's pray together. That Jesus, we need help in the waiting. We need help in the waiting. Come on, would you come forward right now? Let's pray together. That God would strengthen our faith and help us in the waiting. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Let's pray together. God wants to increase your faith today, and God wants to help you hold on. If that's you this morning, don't delay. We're going to worship together, and as we worship, come and let's pray together. God's increasing faith right now. God's helping us. God's telling you today, if it seems slow, wait for it. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central